0: I can't even the say the only it. thing vast I guess. is history <laughs> and my my physical dimensions. Well, I, exactly. You, was, it's a holiday. You were trying. Oh, you were giving me a gift. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps <laughs> on giving. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. We have the shortest outro ever or the shortest ending to our podcast ever. Let's do a short intro
0: too. Okay.
1: I heard people like that. Like we may have received feedback that people like short
0: intros. All right. So we we have a a thoughtful session. This is this is the genesis for this session is Josh Anderson. Ooh. Right? And it's the one idea he had this year. He eked it <laughs> he eked it in. I was saving it for the end of the year. <laughs> At The end of the year. <laughs> Way to go. You squeaked it in. Yeah. Uh but it's it's a leadership topic. Yep. And let's just tease them. So something oh. around leadership. E. E stuff. E-ish. Uh, anything going on in Joshville. Just Kazi
1: doing Twitch streams Kazi. every Friday. Why are you not there? I keep waiting I keep waiting for you. You, Mr. And Mrs. Listener, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for get you. Get your butts on
0: DeKazi, for God's sakes! Great community, all, all, all humor site. Great community, and then there's Josh. But great community.
1: He's right. He's he's not joking.
0: And so get get o- get over there and engage, and don't just listen in. Don't be a lurker, right? Leave leave some droppings behind. Jeez. Okay. On to the episode. <laughs> on to the episode.
1: Welcome to the Medicast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen.
0: Hey everyone. Good morning.
1: Full of joy and laughter
0: today. I I am. I do feel pretty joyous and, and Uh How about you?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm caught off guard by these words. <laughs> <laughs> you make them up as you go. Yeah, well, we've learned. I, that.
0: I need more words, and and since my vocabulary is limited, Josh, I just make sure you, you just know.
1: make them up. You just smash them together. I think and it's see okay. What do okay. Ma- the, they call uh, Mashups. Ooh, look at you! I mash them Usually up using like a two two that- term. <laughs>
0: Was it? Was it? Yeah, I was out to live there. Was it really? You that? Were so proud of yourself. I was really proud of myself. Oh. Shit, I did. I thought I had more more relevancy than that. I did. I swear to God. Is it that old? It's pretty old. Oh damn. What would what, well no? Let's yeah, go. Let's yeah, t- just,
1: let's dig into the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so today's topic is leadership and what it is and what it isn't. Ooh. Yeah. One Ooh. of the things that I've been spending a lot of time on over the past couple of months is really focusing, helping around leadership and defining that for growing companies as they evolve. And it's it's interesting as companies reach a certain point in their life where founders. We're doing all of the things and now success has happened. So how do I transition? Now I have teams that are responsible for all of this. What's the best thing for me to do? This is something that I know that I wrestled with as I was a part of companies that went, went through this process of growing and scaling where maybe I was the guy writing all of the code. Now there's a team that writes the code. What should I do? How do I support them? What happens when they're starting to struggle? How far do I push in? What are those kind of things? And I've got a pretty passionate view of what a really great leader looks like. This is something that came up in a stream over the past week, and we got into a really good dialogue. So I wanted to put it on the table here with you, Bob, and talk about a really great leader and the things they do. And I think it might be different than what a lot of leaders currently do. Okay. So my hope is that we can – Transform some companies by helping some leaders hit the pause button, evaluate how they're operating, and is there a different way that might serve their company better? So that's the the long-winded intro, the the Bob Galean intro to this topic. And you did quite
0: a nice job.
1: Thank you. Well, I've been studying. For <laughs> You've been studying for, <laughs> exactly.
0: So, uh, where do you want to? Could, could we talked in the um, in the pre discussion we had about a day in the life, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm I'm sort of triggered on that is talk about like like what are some of the activities in a in a normal average day, mm-hmm. like where to focus on, like entering in the morning, and just a, an average day, and I'm 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 trying to say. I'm trying to bring it down to not grandiose things, but very tactical, practical things that we do. Would you be okay if we sort of focused on that?
1: Yeah, I think that's good because I'm actually coming from the other end of the spectrum, so I think if we squish our two things together, yeah, then we can get there. The grandiose like I mean vision, like vision is media, one thing like that but, but but what I mean getting down to practical
0: Well, but I'd mean taking vision and then talking about like if we agree on vision mm-hmm. what what do you actively do on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. And the answer could be nothing right, or the answer could be something right, mm-hmm. but it's a daily measure as opposed to some- you know a PowerPoint slide deck like a quarterly off site or something yeah, like right. that. okay, gotcha. so where do you want to start
1: so to me, the number one responsibility is that every person in the company has a clear understanding of why we do the thing that we do. I found that when you can empower your teams with clarity on these are the problems we're trying to solve for our customers that enables them to build solutions more fantastically. That's probably not even a word than one person can ever dream of. But yet so often many companies, the teams are just building things that a product manager has told them to do, or a founder has told them to do, or a customer has asked for. There's not that, that connection to the to the greater why let alone the why of this little thing that i'm working on and i've found as i've transitioned into doing that that that's almost a full-time job especially with a growing company where you're 100 people this year and you're 150 or 200 next year
0: so i agree i mean i agree with you i teach different uh leadership workshops right mm-hmm. like i do the cow workshop with the Scrum Alliance, so I have a lot of energy and passion around this topic. Uh the reason I paused, and you probably read my face, you know me well enough. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, crap, he didn't like what I said. It, yes? Did you detect that?
1: I was awaiting a counterpoint.
0: Yeah. Um it's the number one that I'm i I'm pushing against. Okay. So vision is important and as you were taught I'm I'm not refuting that. Mm-hmm. And Uh, I want to get to what do you do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and that notion of alignment, right? Alignment to the vision organizational alignment is crucial. But I I was writing down and it's like a one a and a one B. So I'm okay with vision being high, but it was culture setting. Yeah. To me, the one, the one, and, and I'm okay if they're parallel, but I think the big number one is, so you're talking about setting the product direction. It's mm-hmm. it's how we generate revenue. Right. It's who we are from a, what we build point of view. You disagree with me if I say anything wrong, but it's that. That's a big rock. Yeah. But I think also another big rock is how do I set this – what I wrote down was principles and culture. Yeah. And setting – I think another equal – almost equal priority mm-hmm. as you come in is I have to balance vision. But I also need to balance like the what what are our core principles – and what and culture setter? I think a leaders are yeah. culture set culture setters. Get that push back if you want to.
1: I agree. The only reason why I lead with the vision and the why is I view that as the underrepresented effort. Okay, I see a lot of people that focus on culture and they do that, but then there's this there's this missing piece of okay. Now we have this cool culture. We have the things. Culture is a squishy word. So I think it's worthwhile defining what that is and what that isn't uh because it's always interesting when you're in a hiring process and someone asks what's the culture here like that's one of those can be difficult questions to answer and sometimes you end up with a very canned response which yep. doesn't really define anything so I want to talk about that but it's I think people get focused on that and then like okay we've got the people cool everything will magically happen See
0: I disagree. again I'm not trying to create contention but I just so I I think we equally suck on both sides is what I'm – it's equally underserved. Mm-hmm. Now, now people talk about product all the time. Right. Do they get the alignment right? Right. No. Right. People talk a good game about culture. But it's – what I'm getting at is I think the good leaders, they have to focus on culture setting. I think that's equally underserved. Yeah. Is, I can is, buy that. Yeah. yeah. It's like both, both of these big rocks, people – maybe that's another phenomenon is people yak about them. But I don't yeah. know if they go deep on them. It's sufficiently deep to really, for it to matter. Right. What do you think? I
1: agree. I think there's a lot of lip service that's paid and things that are done um, that get hand-wavy but don't actually get down to transforming either one of those.
0: So why don't we go to this day in the life of maybe you start with – and you do this. So this is yeah. part of your current role, I think, right? And yeah. has been for yeah. a while. But even in your current role, it's – a I think it's more you know vibrant, but what do you do on a daily basis? Like, how do you how do you sort of connect the dots from a product point of view on a daily basis? I,
1: so there's two things I do. Number one is listen. I, oh. I've, I've at the place where I spend most of my time now. I've gotten this label of the lurker. Right,
0: <laughs> I've had that label for you for quite a while, Josh.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, you remember uh, what's the Tim the Tool Time mm. TV show? And he had his friend Wilson. Oh, the guy with the, you could only yeah. see his eyes, Yeah, right? Like he had the hat, he would peek yeah. over. And yeah. that's me. Okay. That's what I do. I And that's what they call me. I, I, I lurk in meetings and listen and try and detect when something's not right or when somebody doesn't have all the information they need. And that's where it's okay. This is my responsibility to inform and educate. This is the why. This is what we're trying to do. Or – the Cultural things that were a little bit off kilter. So, number one, so thing you're for addressing me is, both
0: rocks, yeah, in sort of in parallel, but right. your emphasis is on product side.
1: Uh, I think it's to your point, it's 50 50. Okay, probably all right, uh, because I do think they go hand in hand. It's it's sort yeah, of like I totally buy the thing that you, yeah, 100% agree,
0: but uh, but but again, I want to draw into the product side because I want to get yeah, into the culture, gotcha. I'll lead the yeah. culture side, so product side. What do you do? So you listen one thing. Listen,
1: and it's at stand-ups, it's in refinements, it's just in the cubes. It's do people have clarity on why we're doing the thing that we're doing and working with the product owners or product managers to make sure that they are framing the work as the problem we're trying to solve and give people the clarity. So
0: Connecting to the customer. Yeah. Is what I heard there.
1: And and the so so it's connecting to the customer, customer but, but but also the business value of of yes, this helps the customer, and this is why it's good for us, and right. then that that creates that excitement and the enthusiasm because it's more right. than just I'm building a feature; it's I'm helping somebody, and I found that people in the jobs that we work yep. enjoy helping people. Yep. So when you can show them that this makes somebody's life better, it makes their life easier, and you can actually put them in that seat and have them understand how painful it was before that thing they built was built, that gets some excitement and enthusiasm that generates new and different ideas that really build a great solution for that problem. So step one is listening. Step two is anytime there's an open mic, air quote, I feel you have to just continue to talk about, this is why we do what we do. This is who we do it for. I say that, especially for growing companies, because maybe the person that's been there for a couple of years has heard it a hundred times. But that person you just hired last week, it's the first time they've heard it. So you just start building that. This is who we are. This is what we
0: do. Well, we've talked about it on MediCast that it's, you have to be a continuous human nature forgets human nature it's not brains it's not alzheimer's or anything like that it's just if you have to keep it top of mind yeah um and i think statements are less resilient than stories so i would argue that we if we tell a story Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be stickier than if we just give them a bullet point or something like that right so that's part of that continuous communication so you're just reaffirming continuous communication Aligning product and business, making sure that everyone is sort of rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's opportunistic. That's why I was em- emphasizing that a daily, I think a lot of people, you know, I run into a lot of clients, and they're they're like, oh, we've communicated this. I mean, I have come up clients right, and now, they stood
1: up and they had a meeting, and there were twelve yeah, slides, and they talked but if about you it. Talk and they thought to they the they team.
0: The teams themselves don't know where they're why they're doing what they. I right. mean, they sort of do, and they but they're really not making up. They sort of don't. But the reason companies say that is
1: because they don't listen. Yeah. They they stand up on stage with a microphone, the lights on, and these slides, and say, "Hey, we said these words. That's a good point. Actually. Now you've done it."
0: And if someone says later right. on, "I and they
1: like, I did my
0: job. Well, I'm done. Yeah, I'm uh, done. Yeah. Now
1: I told you. If you guys don't do it, it's your own fault.
0: Was well, like there's like a one shot to communication very yeah. often or and, two it's, shots.
1: and it's got to be continuous because one of the things I've found is that especially when you're introducing something new. Maybe it's provocative. Maybe it's not. But it's something new. You introduce it to a bunch of people, and half the people stop listening once you start explaining. Yeah. Because you introduce a new thing, and their minds start going and thinking about how it affects them or what it's going to do to their day or their yeah. whatever or my job. And you then put a lot of energy into explaining the why, but people stop listening because their brains are going. right. But every time you talk about it after that – They've already processed it a bit, so now they start to hear the why. They start to understand the reasoning behind it and consume it, and then get. Well, you on can board. even
0: get dialogue. You can even get like Q and A, yeah, informally in hallways, in in you know small groups, right? And they can even refine your thinking, and so we're collaborating around. So we're you know sort of narrowing the vision, right. if you will, right?
1: And uh, I think the number one issue, and you and I talked around a little bit, is that. If you're listening, if you're paying attention and you find that someone in the org doesn't understand the why or the mission or the values or anything, it's not their fault. It's your fault as a leader for not making it clear. You just have to get comfortable that your job is to make sure that every person understands all the things yep and if they don't it's not that they weren't listening not that they didn't pay attention it's not it's okay i gotta i i have to find a different way to communicate this, well, and I, make like this clear. The, I like
0: the uh storytelling metaphor i really do you're yeah. a storyteller and you and you don't tell one story mm-hmm. and then stop and assume right. everyone heard it and understand stood it so you you do that iteratively I mean, I resonate with what you're saying. I, th- I think the opportunities are like out in the hallways and yeah. meeting rooms and informally and we're, we're continuously communicating. Uh, I think the th- same thing happens, we can talk about it a little bit, in culture. Mm-hmm. I don't think you, you have a culture slide or a product slide and then magic happens. Yeah. It's, it's the day-to-day communication and dis- and the disconnects. Like if someone says the wrong thing, So it's not just selling, it's it's re-explaining or reconnecting. Mm -hmm. Like if you said the wrong thing, I would sit you down. I mean, I remember doing this continuously at eye contact. Uh, I did it more on agile values. I did a lot of work. You probably Mm -hmm. done a lot of work on agile values. And every time I saw a value disconnect, I didn't didn't wait. Right. I took it right there. Yeah. Right. I just took that up. I wanted to connect the dots right there in real time. Those are the moments that, that's, those are the
1: wins that add up. And if you're looking for big bang solutions, it's not going to happen. Having that big meeting where you explain, like we've talked about this a couple of times, that's not what turns the tide. What turns the tide to your point are the opportunistic moments where you hear something that's askew and you make the small corrections. You add those up over time and you win. You can't win with one giant meeting.
0: And it's even it's it's the one on one, or but it's there's collateral damage in a positive way too. Yeah, like if I'm, I, I can't tell you how many times you've you've experienced this as well. Like someone will, will, will go to a lunchroom, mm-hmm. and someone will ask you a question about something, or you'll hear something, and you'll be talking to one person, but there might be like ten other people in the lunchroom, mm-hmm. and they're inevitably listening to what yeah. you're saying. Yep. and they're listening to the conversation. So I think. So I think it's doubly powerful. You have these powerful moments. Like you can stop and talk to an entire team. So you can do a one talk to a person, talk to a small group, mm-hmm. you can talk to an entire agile team, a combine team. Uh, you can talk to multiple teams in a in a retrospective or in a you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are these you're these real time moments, these rich opportunities. And then it's the folks you're talking to and depending on the venue, you're influencing other people around you. Yeah. Right.
1: And so then, what happens when you do that is that message grows and scales. Yeah. As you continue to educate, people then have that clarity and they're comfortable explaining to their peers or so on that now this is the thing. So then it gains life See, you, on its you, own.
0: You, as you were talking, I was hoping you'd, because I yeah. wanted to interrupt you and go there. I think it empowers them to tell the story. Right. Right, and that's how it grows. I think it's viral. It creates this. I don't think powerpoints are viralable. No, or or the big meeting or something. Right, but like someone, like like I could envision this. I heard Josh like team. You're talking to Team A in a room or something, just for the help in a lunchroom, open Mm -hmm. play, and a a couple other folks are listening in from a Team B. I can see them going back and just sharing the Josh conversation. Right now, you get this viral. So it's 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 sort of normalizing the organization. That's how you get like product awareness, customer. The, the balancing I think that's act, how you,
1: I think culture works the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think it's all the same. To me, it's you are continually selling this vision, be it product or culture, yep. of this is who we aspire to be. And some of my greatest moments have been when somebody else says the thing we talked about a month ago. Yeah. That is so, that's when, okay, we're headed in the right direction because it's, it's taken on that viral nature where you don't feel like you have to be in all the places to say the things. So let's capture that
0: as a measure, a metric for, so, so if you're doing, if you're leading in this way, then one of the measures that Josh Mm -hmm. said is the 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 organization is starting to mirror you, mm-hmm. and you're hearing you back from the organization. Yep. You, you know you're hitting on all cylinders. You're d- you're doing enough, right? You're, you're creating enough viral effect. And if you don't hear that, then your work's not done, right? And I and I think even if you hear that, you're not done till the yep. next. No you're, no, you're done. That, that's, but you want to hear it. A true thing is, yeah. like, how many times? I get this question, how many times should I communicate? What is the right number? Blah, blah, blah. It's, there is none. But if you want a metric, when, to your point, when you start hearing people echo it back and it's balanced, and mm-hmm. it's almost exactly how you would say it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the words, but it's the understanding. It's the interpretation, right?
1: Yeah, and so what I'm trying to drive home with this episode is that it's a never-ending job. Like to me, this is the job. Where I see companies get in trouble is that as a if a team gets going in the wrong direction, a lot of leaders then push in and like do the job with them as opposed to, okay, how do I educate this group on why they do what they do and how it's important to our customer and get them to really yeah. connect with that? And then they solve the problems as opposed to, okay, I need to go solve this.
0: I think they either do it or they try to control it. Yeah. Or both, right? And what I mean by controls is like it's doing, like if I'm coding, I'm coding with the team. Mm -hmm. Or I could be project planning the solution with the team. So I'm not coding, but I'm controlling the team. I'm planning for them. I'm spoon-feeding them requirements, right, without verifying or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you don't. No, it's the leadership that feels like you're making a difference. It's actually it's almost like quicksand. Yeah. It's it's really insidious. It does give you a sense of accomplishment. Personally. Personally.
1: Personally it feels good in that moment because yeah. hey, I moved something from A to B. Yeah. But then how do you ensure that that, that cycle doesn't happen again to where for it to get from A to B. I've got to be there, or I've got to hire somebody to be there, or somebody's got to be paying attention, or
0: like really micromanaging. Right. So, so I think that's happening. Can I switch to culture for a second? Mm-hmm. I have a. I'm, I'm not going to dig up the slide. I, I if I get the if I get the quote right or wrong, I might. Um, but there's this notion that culture. Um, uh, Jurgen Apello in Management 3.0, 3.0, or a slide deck, mm-hmm. he quoted someone, and they said that culture lies between, or this is my variation, it lies between the behaviors that a leader is willing to amplify, and then, so that's the green line, if mm-hmm. you will, right? So, the behaviors that a leader is is amplifies- mm-hmm versus the behaviors that a leader tolerates yeah the terms I use are what we permit and what we promote okay so so you and I are so yeah those are so use. but amplify tolerate mm-hmm. and it's almost like a range right and yeah. in there mm-hmm. in if you subscribe to the idea that leaders set culture and I think I think they do mm-hmm. right? and I I think I'm starting to you think of a term of culture setting mm-hmm. as maybe you know in in my leadership workshops to really emphasize the role that leaders have because i think they the the, the mindset is i am i'm a victim of culture or i have no control over culture yeah, and no, i actually totally think wrong. it's wrong you're yeah. setting the culture right by by those two dimensions that we talked about yeah
1: and and where and where i see people struggling with culture is they don't view it as an intentional thing like yeah. it just happened yeah but really great cultures are intentionally great ex- exactly
0: it's the same thing we were just talking about like let's talk about agile uh trust mm-hmm. right you are continually you're amplifying trust as a value and you what and you you don't tolerate distrust right right and you are acting now bring that and as it's a li-
1: not in, it's not a meeting where I talk about it. It's, it's those it's, little moments.
0: It's the same thing yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. It's those little moments yeah. where you'll come in and say, Stop, just trust Bob. Right. Right. He just proposed something. Just let it go. Yeah. And you're coaching in the moment. And the same the same dynamics happen, the viralness of it. Mm-hmm. Right. If you if you are coaching a pair of people about an estimate, just stop. Bob, it's gonna be ten points. Let Bob trust that Bob will do it. Right. And other people are listening. That that has a ripple effect on culture. Oh,
1: yep.
0: Right. I'm empowered. Yep. I'm trusted. Yep. Right. That's the model. That's our lineage. Not only there upward, it'll be how those folks react, because I think culture then trickles down. Yeah. Right. So you can almost look at the most senior leader I, again. I'm, this is mm-hmm. more of a see how you react. But I think the senior leader is sort of the culture setter. Mm-hmm. Right. If they don't trust, I don't think you're going to have high. It's going right. to sort of trickle down through. It, yeah. I think it's the
1: there's like dark agile and things like that where mm-hmm. there'll be pockets where it works, but a time but over time it erodes because that can't live in a healthy state.
0: Exactly. Because it's getting exactly. assaulted
1: from above by it, lack of trust. Oh, that's
0: a beautiful way to say it. That that's did, I you, do see, what I can, did you see how excited I got yeah. there? No, it is. It assaulted from above. Mm-hmm. Like a nut. Assaulted <laughs> <laughs> Assaulted nut.
1: I was viewing a nut being thrown in somebody's head. Like here's a walnut bonked off your noggin. Ah,
0: no. Uh, what else? So, so I think we hit like, and, and Metacasters, please listen, please internalize, please. If you disagree, go think quietly about this for a couple of weeks before you throw it in the can. This is crucial. This is the essence of leadership. Right? And this, it's, is, this is really freaking important. And it's really scary
1: to do. It's really scary because you – it feels like – and that's the way, that's what I'm trying to figure out is why it feels like you're taking your hands off the wheel. Is it because you don't really trust? Because there's so many people that are afraid to do that when in reality, you, your hands are firmly on the wheel that matters the most
0: I, to I, really drive the organization. I think it's modeling – I mean, I don't have an infinite answer, Josh, but I think one of the answers is – we behave the way we've learned, yeah, and I think they're so rare. so it's such an incredibly rare leader that can do what we're doing it's probably ten percent or less of the right. population, right? Probably is uh-huh. significantly less, but that's a ten percent of the leadership population so one of every ten leaders probably gets close to behaving the way we're describing. yeah, that says nine of ten leaders are not. well now we have leaders growing leaders. Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not. There are people, people. And that's the, that's the, that's the
1: battle you're fighting is that this is not the norm. No. So you're swimming upstream against all these other patterns. And maybe like we talked about being assaulted from above. So maybe you're trying to do the right thing, but the other leaders in your organization don't work that way. So now you're this outlier and now all these problems are presenting
0: your so, team. I'll, so I'll share a, you inspire, a, a, a story at EMC. I think I may have shared this in a Metacast a long time ago. Um, at, EMC, at EMC, so Dell Storage Devices, uh, now Dell, I think, uh, I was a QA director. And we would have this once a week, every director, VP. So we had this like powwow across all. There were hundreds of people in the group, maybe 400 people in the group. Um, and we would have this conference call. And uh, the the key leader um, was this Unix guy. He wrote a a book about Unix, a really thoughtful book. Uh, I forget his name, an Indian gentleman, and he he knew he he had like he was probably autistic in some way. He could recount. He knew what everyone was doing. Yeah, and so he expected. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've been there. He expected every leader hierarchically. And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. There was shit he knew. I'm like, he must be like lurking on people right. or something. Right. It was really strange, but he had this, what, what was even stranger or more damaging. He expected everyone to micromanage. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they did micromanage. Mm -hmm. And I refused to micromanage. And I was leading maybe 150 testers. So I had a really big organization. I was doing like testing for all the development teams. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the middle of the shit, basically. Right. And um, every weekly meeting, and I would, I would, I don't, can't tell you how many times I said, I don't know. I will have to ask the team. Yeah. That was absolutely unacceptable. Right. The the that notion where you wouldn't know, that you wouldn't manage, that you wouldn't go out of there and tell the team what to do. So it wasn't even just top down. It was everywhere. Every mm-hmm. leader in that room, every time I said I don't know, I felt like a pariah. Oh
1: yeah. Right. I've been there.
0: And I mean, you could see no one I mean, it was professional. It's North Carolina. Yeah. So you but you could feel the energy is like people were looking at you like, what the hell? How could you not know? And and my reverse was, and I'm I'm sort of proud of it, I didn't succumb uh, one, because I, I probably couldn't have, but two, I didn't even try. Yeah. Uh, because it, it was the wrong thing. I was fundamentally convinced that it was the wrong approach, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that it wasn't yeah. me right or yeah. wrong. <clears throat> I wasn't in a pissing match, but I was. was just fundamentally didn't – I wasn't going to go and try to even be like them. I was like, no, I'm okay, like running out and asking a team what's going on and then coming back to you and not lurking in the check-in logs and things like that, right, just just not doing that. Yeah, Uh, you and I work somewhere very similar where sizings
1: were reviewed by the VP. Yeah. And every manager or director would get hammered on why it was – a five instead of an eight. And I finally said, because the team said so. Now the same situation was this VP had built most of the product. Yeah. So he had, intricate knowledge about why things work the way they worked. And he just, and he said very similar thing of you need to know why this is a five versus an eight. Correct. And I said, no, I don't. There's no way. But That's I a very dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I was dinged on my reviews at EMC. I was looked at, I mean, it wasn't just, it was, it was soft and subtle. It was pervasive. It was mm-hmm. my, to all of my peers. Uh, maybe to, we started doing agile and folks started seeing results from the team that yeah. I had. But it, it, it's, so they started like scratching the, sur- the development directors started being interested a little bit, yeah. like in the style difference, but it's incredibly uncomfortable. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not just all comfort. I felt at risk. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I'm, right. Everyone's swimming in I didn't this walk out of that
1: meeting right? feeling excited.
0: I'm like, I'm like everyone's <laughs> swimming upstream and I'm swimming freaking downstream. Yeah. Right. And tails are hitting me yeah. in the face. Right. It, it's, it's freaking uncomfortable. And I had a family and all of this stuff, but I I do think leaders have you're almost at a crossroads. I think there's a choice to it. So well, so it we go- went down to why I yeah. think one of the whys or maybe others is that's all we know. Yeah. We don't know any better. Well, it gets down to what do you permit and wait and what you promote,
1: and in those mm-hmm. moments, are you going to permit mistrust and. That can be a scary battle to fight, but to be a leader, you have to go grab your broadsword and yeah. say, all right, what am I going to do about this? Or am I going to end like, end up like the other folks and just not fight the fight? grab your broads i did i it jumped into my mind i don't know words appear i'm, I'm in my like brain. resisting
0: there's there's it, some
1: because it's like it's a two-handed like it's not like a fencing foil that's light i like was thinking heavy. Like, okay and you gotta drag now that you, thing, now we're talking And you gotta like use your whole body to swing oh
0: ah, no okay yeah. i'm with you See, i'm with a, you too. i thought you were getting a little nighty on me or something like that right? no, yeah, it, no, no, no i was trying to think of a heavy weapon yeah they, no we got yeah. it we, no yeah. cool um no i i agree it's um i and 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 it's not changing so much no in, in culturally right and generationally it's not that's a pretty sticky virus that command and control this is how we lead. The role model it cascades down in organizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I encountered this in my Cal class all the time. I mean, that's 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 what I walk into, right? Right. So I, you know, walk into a room. I just was. I I'm teaching one this week. I taught one last week. I walked into a New York firm last week. Um, it was it was pretty traditional, mm-hmm. and I'm being very kind. Yeah, and it was really a question of how do we. You know how do we get people to be agile, but we don't want to change any of that behavior, right? And that was very tough conversations. And yeah. and I'm and most of the cow classes are like that. Mm-hmm. Folks want all the benefit of agility, but no one wants to make the leadership. And I mean, you get tremendous. They look at you like you're a snake oil salesman when you're talking, like like you're talking out of your butt or something right. like that, right? Like trust them, right? do you? Yeah, I can't I, do that. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I mean I can trust the good ones the ones that you know I hired that I think are working hard but yeah. uh getting back here's another th- a day in yeah. the life so a lot of these conversations situationally opportunistically hard work get your butt out there in there I don't care it's not an out there in there in meetings doesn't you have to have meetings too so all of that what about modeling I think later well, you don't have a choice so so g- give me more modeling
1: to me that that's the That's where the permit and promote happens is you do it by modeling that when something happens that you, that you need to celebrate to ensure people understand this is the kind of thing we, we aspire to be. This person is exemplifying who we are, who we want to be. You need to shine a spotlight on that. They're going to be embarrassed. They might be uncomfortable but what I like to because there have been people that come up to me and said, Hey, don't spotlight me in front of other people. And I said, I appreciate that you're uncomfortable with this, but there are times where that's the most important thing for our organization because you did something great. We need to replicate that across the organization. So I know it's uncomfortable, but that's what we need to so do. So let me
0: let me do do yeah. a yes and. Okay. I think that's that's important. I have a I have a I think it's less important. Than you modeling the behavior, yeah. You personally, right? So, what what would be an example of that? Um, mistakes. Oh yeah. You illustrate, and I mean, I'm talking about not a trivial mistake. Trivial mistakes are easy. Mm-hmm. You make a huge decision, you know, bad decision. Not huge, but it's it's embarrassing. I was to wrong. You. Yeah. You well, not. You were wrong. Uh, the board thought you were wrong. You got you. You lost political capital because you were wrong, mm-hmm. uh, and then you pivoted from that. You had some learning. Uh, you did some corrective action. There's a story to tell right there, yeah. right? That and it, and it's and it's you know showing vulnerability as mm-hmm. part of this. So it's modeling like vulnerable modeling, failures, mistakes, um, changing your mind, mm-hmm. right? Like process. I, 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 I've gotten traction out of that now, now that I think about it because I think overnight a lot. It's almost funny. It's almost embarrassingly funny to me. Whereas if f- someone forces me to make a, like a decision, right, like I'm the agile right. coach, God, right. make a decision, I very often think about it. I'm not second guessing. I'm actually analyzing. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not uncommon for me to reverse my decision from the previous day upon thought. Yeah. That looks sort of weird, but um, I think people respect it. I'll give them the answer. I'm like, I, was, I didn't analyze it yesterday. I yeah. didn't think about the considerations. but I, I was wrong. But the reason that I
1: went to promoting that is that in those moments where are you going to permit something, are you as a leader going to allow things to happen that don't align with the culture you talk about? Those are the moments. Those are the real so, difficult
0: wins. So I'm agreeing. I'm modeling, yeah. but I'm saying your personal modeling do you ever i once my kids you have young kids
1: oh they're not that young anymore but
0: but, yeah. but i remember once what was i doing i think my son matthew uh, I or my son jason and matthew there's a picture in my mind yeah this is years and years ago and we're walking down a country road mm-hmm. and like i kick a rock and then jason kicks a rock yeah. and matthew kicks a rock and then i pick up a pe- blade of grass we're just walking down this path or something And they pick up a path and then I, I sit on a log and they, they sit on the log, right? And they, they're mirroring everything I do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, and so, so initially I'm not aware of it, right? It's just we're walking down the country road and then I'm like watching the mirror and, Mm -hmm. and it's the cutest thing, right? And my kids are, so they, they really model. So my behavior, whether I like it or not. Mm -hmm. So forget having a discussion with someone. How you show up, I think, is that's what I'm fighting for. Right. How you show up and what you do speaks volumes. Yeah. Right? Would you buy that? Or well, not?
1: because no one will believe you if you don't. Yeah. Like, it, it becomes readily apparent that you're talking through your teeth if you don't model the behavior you're asking other people or professing this is who
0: we are. And showing that vulnerability yeah. where yourself, Right. Uh, showing the vulnerability of saying, you know what? You make the decision, Mm -hmm. right? Or even sharing, hey, you know what? I am at risk. Like, my boss is going to hold me accountable. This is a bad role play, but my boss is going to hold me accountable for this. But you know what? I don't care. I trust you. Mm -hmm. Make that decision, and I'll support you 110%. Right. Right? I I mean, showing – we're walking – another way to say it is walking – Our modeling is walking our talk, I think. But, again, that's one of those super – I'm talking about deep modeling, right, where you – where we, we Yeah, the what 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 I found is that to your point earlier
1: about the conversation, if you're in the lunchroom or something and you're talking to somebody, people are watching and listening. Whether you think it or not, you just have to assume that everything you do is being viewed or listened
0: to or read. That so, that's just the life. So you inspire me. I apologize for interrupting, mm-hmm. but um you're a leader. In meeting rooms, mm-hmm. and you're checking three devices mm-hmm. in every meeting, right? Right. And you're stepping out, and that's all you're doing. It's just you doing it. But the model you're, set, you, the model you're setting is what? Is yeah. A, a disrespect model. Right. A multitask model. You you haven't said a word about it. Mm-hmm. You ever, I mean, I see this all the time in my training classes. Right. Right? And the more senior leaders sort of get away with it. Yeah, because they're so busy. They're so busy. Yeah. And, I mean, just something like that has so much undertone, like multitasking, a lack of whip limits, lack of discipline, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, Waste, churn. Uh, It's all of these things just by how they behave in a freaking meeting. Have the counterpoint. They put their device away. They're fully engaged. They're leaning forward. They're listening. What does that set a tone for the organizations? Mm -hmm. We're here to do serious shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they haven't said a freaking word. But I'm, I'm I'm just saying we've all seen those behaviors, right? More the bad. I I yeah. hardly ever see the good. Right. right. But but each one of them is compelling. Agree. Uh, yeah. I, again, that's the thing. But, but being sharp, all of uh, you're you're always
1: being watched. Yeah. Um, whether you, I mean, that's just the job, and you got to get comfortable with it. And to your point about walking with your children, is that. You, behaviors will be modeled no matter what happens. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. And and it's just the way it and is. And there's and there's no one to blame but yourself. And 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 that's the that's the frustrating part I see is that leaders are unhappy with something in their culture or their strategy or their vision or whatever. And it's and they start saying, why don't why don't they get it? Why why are they listening? And it's really you need to turn it around and it's on you. What have I not communicated well enough? How can I communicate it differently? What can I say? Where can I be? Where can I go? Who can I talk to? What What do I need to draw on a whiteboard? <laughs> right, Whatever it is, you've got to find a different way yep. to make that happen. And if it's not, it's on no one but you because that's the job. So what I'm hoping people walk away from with this episode is that, if something doesn't feel right in your organization, spend time understanding why they're making the decisions they're making. Have you done a good enough job educating them on the what and the why and who we are and all of those things? Yep. And the answer is probably no, because if you had, then the likelihood of success would have been increased and they likely would have done from your perspective,
0: a more effective job. If you wait, I'm I'm not ignoring you. I was I was going to go, I'm trying to go to something. So Metacasters, I'm inspired, and it may be irrelevant to this. So hold on, I'm writing something called the Four Horsemen of the Agile Leadership Apocalypse or something like Jeez. that. Jeez. <laughs> That sounds really heavy. To, I, know, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I know. My gosh. I, I, knew, I, I knew the minute I was talking about it, I was going to get shit from you about it. I right? was like, yes, Bobbin, Bob, are you, you I was
1: with you until you brought the apocalypse. I know. <laughs> I no, like, and it's my like, my gosh. Are you,
0: like a biblical. It's like biblical. No, but uh, I'll get it up. And I wanted, I think it might be relevant. It may not be. And it's. I haven't posted it yet, but it's in progress. And it'll just take a second. And, the, and we're it, clicking, yeah, no, and we're clicking. So it's the four horsemen of the agile leadership apocalypse. My gosh, oh, stop! So I have these four things that I think are just like incredibly destructive. Yeah, I may even change this. So I have ego, me being self centered, closed minded, yep, fearful, mm-hmm. and then hubris and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. You know, but I'm, any reaction to that? I was thinking, so where I went to is, it's also, I think, what we do every day is we be selfless mm-hmm. as opposed to being e- ego-driven. Right. And and maybe arrogance is part of that at, at times as well. Selfless, like letting go of our ideas, it, it, embracing embracing true servant leadership. What do you think about those two things? Is that another thing? To sort of check, like, check your ego at the door on a daily basis. How do you feel about, like, a follow-up
1: episode about this? On the horseman? Because I think there's... On the horseman? On the horseman. Because I think there's... To me, there's some subtleties around that. Like, I agree with that, but there's some... Like, you have to sell a vision, so you have to have confidence so how do you walk the line oh that would be a nice confidence versus no, arrogance no, no, no. versus ego like no yeah there's how to do that line in each yeah. one of these right yeah ah. because there's some of those things like yes i agree but no no no, no. you're bringing blindly, up, you're teasing yeah.
0: out the hairy line and yeah. you're absolutely right yeah so to be totally selfless or egoless you know like the dalai lama that's not going to that's not going right. to work really well from a product leadership point right of view, right yeah. i'm with you Okay.
1: Yeah, but, so but bring let's back follow this, this one. Though,
0: yeah. <coughs> on the, on the, so so I'll, I'll tell a story real quickly. Mm-hmm. At, at eye contact, I remember walking. So when I would park at eye contact, and this wasn't something I was intentional about. It just happened every day. As I'm parking my car every morning, I would sort of center. I would clear all the crap from my mind. And I would think to myself, what are the two or three things I need to do for my teams this day? And I didn't really give a crap what they were. It could have been sweeping bathrooms. It could have been funding laptops. It could have been uh, working with product on vision, mm-hmm. like all of those things. Strategic, tactical—they all matter, right? But I would sort of center. What am I? What is the? You know, what is my the primary my minimal viable you know product for leadership yeah. today? And and that would spring. And I would clarify it. And I would go in. And I would accomplish those things. And it was inevitably very ego less and servant. It was servant driven, right? Yeah. And and I it, and I put myself out. And if it was me picking, I would have picked different things. But mm-hmm. I was always putting the team yeah. first. So that was an agile. And I did that on a daily basis. It just sort of it became a habit. And it and I made sure that I didn't leave without advancing those things. Do you yeah, know that? Right. W- that was for the day. I literally was committed to, you know, I can accomplish 20 things, but these, t- you know, one, two, three things is something I have to accomplish today for my team. Mm-hmm. What do you think? React to that. I agree. that the, the the driver for this is, as I look back to the organization
1: that I was most proud of, it took me time to get to the point where I realized what my job had transformed into of being a servant leader and what that really meant I read those words. Yeah. I watch videos. I listen to podcasts. I heard that. I then lived it and I understood that my life had transformed into, as you said, a storyteller, someone that is continuously communicating the vision of our culture and our product and of who we want to be and where we want to go. And what I found is that when I took my eye off of that, the team started to suffer. Because maybe I got excited about There was a technical thing, and yep. I have a technical background. I got excited, and it was fun. In reality, I was just a distraction. Yeah. So I needed to go back and do my job. And my job was different than it had ever had been, but it was very fulfilling because I understood that we were, it took on a viral nature. Yep. And that was a very proud moment, but it was some really hard lessons where I made those same classic mistakes of we had a meeting. I talked about this. Why do you guys not understand? It's like, oh. Yeah. I didn't do my job. Yep. I did it once, and I thought I was done. Now I have to keep doing it. Yep. So, th- so those are the things. That's why I've become pretty passionate about that, is I see folks getting off target a little bit, and my hope is we can recenter them on returning to being that
0: servant leader and how powerful that can be. I think one of the things is, too, I talked about you know what prevents that, and I think... It's it's rare. We talked. Mm-hmm. I talked about it, it's rare and it's it's learned behavior. I also think another inhibitor is uh, how subtle it is. Mm-hmm. It's not clear. It's not tangible. It's much more tangible to micromanage. It's much more tangible to plan for yeah. the team. It just is, right? It gives you gratification. Mm-hmm. It's it's really soft. Like we're talking about, you know, put your team first every day. What the hell does that look like on right. a daily? basis? you have to find it. How do you know you won that day? Yeah, like,
1: that's the hardest part. Is it's one of those lagging metrics, yeah. where it's uncomfortable, and you think you did it, but you don't know. You won't find out until that situation presents itself again,
0: and how does that team respond? All of those things. I mean, it's it's really coaching. It's, I mean, I mean, what was I? I'm, I lost my thought, but I'm I'm trying to say. The other thing is the behavior so i've had conversations with folks as a leader and i said i'm going to change i've had a really confrontational change like conversation with architects who were used to you know projecting architecture onto teams Mm -hmm. and i'm like i am no longer going to measure you on the architecture you produce i'm going to measure you on the output of your team right and their eyes exploded and, and then they came back a week later, and it's like we had an argument. And a week later, we had an argument. And I was very consistent. Yeah. And I didn't know, but I'm like, I'm changing the game. Mm-hmm. And I think part of this is changing the game with your own. You are no longer measured by what you do. Right. You are measured by how well your team is performing. Mm-hmm. You're measured by the culture that you're setting. Right. Right. Like, like, forget if you're my, how can I tell if you're micromanaging is your is your team micromanaging? Right. Right. How can I tell if you're, if you're being trustful? Does your team – it's almost like it, the mirror, the measure is how are your teams behaving because they're a mirror of you. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I wanted to sort of maybe end it with a, with a measure like that. I th- do you think that's fair? I, I think yeah, it's Yeah, you fuzzy. are 100%
1: measure. It's think about a sports coach they are measured by whether the team wins or loses like but in
0: these soft it's things easy. it's not yeah. lines of code it's not user stories i'm talking about the trustfulness again we're trying right. to it's a pivot but and i literally mean that and and I, it's a mental conversation i want them to think about it i want them to change their style. but i also want them to start looking at their teams mm-hmm. and looking at interactions right our, our, did, did we talk about language you know the, the effect that language like there's trusting language and there's non-trusting language no, I think we
1: can tackle that in round two.
0: Okay, yeah. As we dig but into again, those fine downtown. lines, yeah. I'm rambling, Josh. Yeah, you are. Real me. We, this, this is Reel a long one. It is. So yeah. it's, let's cut this. Let's cut this baby short. Should we, should we
1: stick a fork in it? Yes. We can't cut it short. It's so from beautiful
0: long. downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Gill,
1: and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>